to Mike Check Waifu Waifu. Check waifu waifu. My tell him, is that you? Polo Elum, is that you? This is episode 218 of my check. Waifu waifu, as always, is brought to you by Patreon. Shout out to our Patreon producers. Uh oh shit. Shout out to our Patreon producers. I just uh, it shocked me because we got a new one. Or am I tripping? No, I'm not tripping. We definitely got a new Patreon producer. It's Shanti. Shanti, hey. thank you so much for producing this. Am I tripping? No, I'm not tripping. It's today. Yeah, it was just today, this morning. Thank you so much, Shanti, for, for producing this episode. That means a, a whole hell of a lot to us, to be honest. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, Jay Lee Trey, Cad the Pro, both from Shogo High and Chaotic Culture. Explicitly, Monique Williams, Nachi, and Safir. Thank y'all so much for producing this and many other episodes of the podcast. And again, shout out to you, Shanti, for, for coming back and producing this month. We truly appreciate you. It means the world to us. Thank you so very much. Um, make sure you go to patreon.com slash micchecwaifuwaifu to get early access to the video version of the podcast, to get access to our conversational podcast, The After Story, which is some of our favorite content that we do, honestly, because it's it's truly, it's truly special conversations that we have over there. It's a conversation that you wouldn't like is nowhere near in the echelon or realm of anime. Um, sometimes it's video games, sometimes it's philosophy, sometimes it's fucking just random shit. It's it's a good time. So make sure if you want to support us for just a dollar or above, get access to that over on patreon.com slash my check waifu waifu. Also, my review for the regular magic, uh, the irregular at Magic High School, that's coming soon. I'm still working on that. Um, I I've been watching. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later in the show. Uh, just a bunch of old stuff and rewatching it, just so I can do more stuff like that, more individual reviews, just for Patreon, strictly for Patreon, um, over there for you guys. So the content is coming. The content is coming. Um, yeah, this is Mike Check Waifu Waifu. We're brought to you every Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. CT. We bring you anime conversation on seasonal anime, topics from no seasonal anime, as well as just, you know, anime in general. Tell how you feel. Man, I feel good, bro. Uh, today, um, very chill day. Kids, or Apollo doesn't have school tomorrow. So, Labor Day? Uh, yeah, yeah, Labor yeah. Day. So, uh, we get to, we got him to sleep like it was going to, like he was going to school. So, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful so thing. So, you got all night. <laughs> Basically, I a got early all night. night, I should say. Early, early night. But, um, yeah, bro, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I got into uh, a beta for a game I want to play. Talk to me. 
it's called uh, the front <laughs> and i blame you and uh neb because it's like seven days to die but expand it so um i'll be playing mm. that i'll be playing that a little bit but also obviously uh starfield i'll be playing this week too oh yeah it's three three I'll, more days when it comes out for everybody else technically too i feel like i'm already losing my soul to the game as soon as it comes out because right. i'm ecstatic oh my goodness me on the other hand you already know i lost my soul to the game because i uh you pay a hundred dollars, you get to pay five days early or whatever, and I definitely did that because it's a BGS game, a Bethesda game, and uh, when I tell you, it's been, I've, I've it's been, it, it came out technically on the thirty first at eight p.m. It's now September third. I'm at forty one hours of gameplay. <clears throat> How the fuck did I play forty one hours of this game? <laughs> but I did. I, I played forty one hours of this game in a matter of three days. Um, mm-hmm. I got bags under my eyes. I'm a fucking nerd. I feel ashamed of myself. But I'm not ashamed of you. I still love you. I still managed to get workouts in. Um, so I feel good about that. I I just I can't stop thinking about this game. Now I'm gonna talk about it more on the after story episode. We didn't record an after story this week because I was I was clearly there was no way I was yeah you know, gonna be able to, but. We definitely gonna record one for you this week. It's gonna uh, episode sixty seven is gonna revolve around Starfield and and the details, feelings that I have about this game, um, as well as some other stuff I wanted to talk about in the after story because I got a lot of I got a lot of shit on my mind, you know, a lot of stuff on my mind I want to get off my chest over uh, uh, on the after story. I, I am considering releasing a few episodes for free, maybe one or two, just to give people a little taste, a little dip. Hey. Little dip on chip. Yeah, that might be a that might not be a bad idea. Or I might just not and just leave it there forever. All right. Just um, drop, drop it on YouTube for them. Because I do have the video files. I, might, I don't. I definitely don't. I got a couple of them. I got a couple of episode video files. Because I haven't. We don't post a video because it's, it's just better because on Spotify, when you connect your Patreon to your Spotify, you just get access to the entire feed. So it's just so smooth and seamless now that it's mm-hmm. like no real point in me posting a video because don't nobody go on Patreon to watch the videos. And those, are, those aren't those are uploaded to YouTube. Those are just exclusively uploaded to Patreon. So we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out with that. A little, a little sauce behind, uh, be a little behind the scenes of, the, of the, how the sauce get made. Anyway, um, uh, where are we where are we gonna start here? Okay, it's the, the first week of the month, and uh, so y'all already know what well, we already know. We're talking about um, my traumatic comedy later. Yeah, it's in the second half, like not the second half of the show, but <laughs> later. <laughs> let's uh, let's do episode of the week. All right, I'll start then. Oh goodness! I'm glad go. you asked, Montel. My episode of the week this week, easily jobless reincarnation. Uh huh. Reason being, now this isn't. Now let me talk about a little bit of this. We're gonna talk about jobless reincarnation in the spoiler talk, but it was something that this episode that was did that was so special. Okay, so fucking special. And what it did was how it seamlessly integrated in the fact that obviously in this world we're speaking a language that is not of our known language. You know, vernacular. It's, it's not native to that world. It's not native. To, yeah, it's not native to this world. So this whole time we've been speaking 
So out of relativity, we even speak in this language that doesn't exist in Japan or America or whatever, right? They seamlessly wove that into this episode. That was it was just so clean, very impressive, because they started speaking like after he. I'm gonna save it for the spoiler talk, but it was just it was just the way they seamlessly was woven into this episode was brilliant, and that alone for me was it just goes to show how it's it's so um, it does attention to detail so well that I can't like. I can't not love this show. And the reason and reason why I say that is because it's it reminds me of Overlord. The attention to detail in Overlord, even though that's a, a you know a more more of a satire show, there's still so much depth within the world of of this anime. Like we talk about this all the time and um we say this a lot and like the most important pillars of an anime for it to be good, right? And it always starts off with characters for us. Then second is always the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the world is trash, but the characters are good, you can still manage to salvage the show. But if the both the characters in the world is 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 bad, then it's a bad show. Yeah, entirely. And, or the characters are bad and the world is good. It still could be a bad show. So it's just, it's just, we talk about those pillars all the time, but this world building is fucking so immaculate that it, in a way it complements the characters. It's perfect. It's just perfect. It's perfect. I love it. Sorry, to go on that tangent. I'm going to let Tell go with his episode of the week. No, that was beautiful because that's exactly how I feel. And I'm glad you chose that. Uh, my episode of the week will be Rent a Girlfriend because it gave us so much that we finally needed, uh, which mm. is also gave us some sadness too. But um, a beautiful episode. Uh, <laughs> it, it really um, finally touched on some points that we really needed to be touched on. And it, it kind of hit us with some uh, some stuff that we did not predict in our uh our gut check previously mm-hmm. so yeah um it it, it, it it brings a little fear in me on how the how the season's gonna end yeah i feel progress progression though still within the season which is like yeah <laughs> it, it, it is definitely still progress but it's almost like and hear me out when we get, well, we we probably won't talk about this in spoiler talk but it almost feels like forced progress not by the art author author specifically but because of the the situation they in, it's almost like it's an ultimatum mm. <laughs> at this point. But yeah, yeah, love this episode. It was, it was all the fire that we needed for this life, life specifically. Unbelievably brilliant, right? Like it was just mm-hmm. brilliant. I, dude, I can't wait to. Um, I think we should because what it? Yeah, we don't really have much else as far as spoiler talk goes. So, jobless reincarnation and running girlfriend is probably the only two we could take spoiler talk this week because of uh delays and that's something i want to talk about a little bit later too but let's let's get into this now i I rewatched a show recently all right that i had prior that i had again i'm trying to for crystal's sake and for my sake for my mental i've been trying to clear out my currently watching anime so again when you put up pull up annie list i'm gonna put this on tell's face if you're watching the video version of this podcast so so everybody that's, that's that's watching the video version can see it um, when you pull up Annie List, there's a section down at the bottom here. I'm going to scroll down. Sorry, uh, Patreon, I mean, podcast listeners, but this is very, this is a very poignant point that I'm trying to make. When you scroll down here, you see Anime in Progress, right? It's, uh, it's actually on Tail's side. Let me move it down here. Yeah, Anime in Progress. I had this uh, Hanagai next in my Anime in Progress for about 
two years. <laughs> so, so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to slowly clean out this list of, of anime in progress to get that completely cleaned out. So then I can go back to my pause section in my anime list um, and figure out what I want to put into watching and just kind of clean up my list a bit. Since this season hasn't been very, um, very demanding of me, to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of stuff I put on hold to just binge later. Um, there's a lot of stuff I got coming up that I'm about to binge soon, like uh, um, My Happy Marriage and et cetera. So all that stuff is coming up on my binge list soon. But I've, I've been taking this time where I haven't been watching a bunch of week-to-week stuff to go through my old backlog and, and, and kind of rewatch stuff. Like So uh, Irregular at uh, Magic High School was first. That was the first thing I cleared off my list. I had on my list for years and I was just about done with it, but I restarted the whole thing and watched both season one and season two. So, oh, and Crystal told me to watch the OVA that kind of explains their sister relationship, but that's not dubbed. And I'm not, I don't have the calories to, to burn watching that shit and trying to follow that dialogue because it's going to take me like, I think it's an, like an hour long. It's going to take me like three hours to watch it. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't want to miss the paragraphs and paragraphs that they spout in that, sh- in that show. But I digress. Uh, so it started off with the uh, regular at Magic High School and then it went to uh, uh, Hanagai, which is a comedy, romance, etchy slice of life show that I've watched years ago back in my um, The Slice That Shall Not Be Named days when I was just kind of going through and finding a slice of life. Um, and I don't remember shit that happened. So before I go to the second season, which is called Next, I decided to rewatch the whole thing. So after rewatching that, um, The thing with the older shows that's like this, this, this satire-y, like romantic comedy, you know, etchy shows is that um, I watched it dub too. It has a nice dub. Nice, uh, not really nice, but okay dub. They don't really hold up as well when you've seen so much more like just better things, right? Um, like the jokes are kind of... Um, Middling? No... <laughs> And this is not me being like, you know, super woke or whatever you want to call it, but they're very uh, harsh, I guess, if you will. Like they say a bunch of mean shit. Um, in particular, one character is kind of like a fucking bully who's a, who's supposed to be like one of the main characters that you root for in this romance situation. It's it's not good, man. It's not a it's it's a good show per se, but it's just like. I'm watching it and I'm kind of like, oof, in 2023, you know, that's not going to be, it's not PC at all. You know, it's like, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's even bothering me. Somebody who's not bothered by that stuff, it's bothering me like, damn, like it, it's bugging me a bit. And it's mostly because of the bullying that goes on in, in, in a particular show for somebody who you're supposed to like, who you just can't like. And it's, it's kind of annoying, but I'm going I'm to finish season two this week. Um, I am looking forward to going to it just because it's, it's, it's fun outside of the bullying, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of liking it though. Still, it's, kinda, yeah. it's, it's smut basically. I feel like you've been over the bullying for a while though, and in, in some of this anime, a hundred percent. And I don't remember feeling like this when I first watched it. Like I was like, I enjoyed it. Um, but now it's like, oh, this is kind of rough. <laughs> yeah. I I can entirely imagine that because um, it's not particularly my cup of tea either, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I mean, at this point, we're we're looking for a little bit more adult, uh, adult themed uh, interest in our our slice of life, yeah. especially me, because I I'd already gotten a taste of this slice of life life, and uh, my my taste is upgrading. And um, I'm I'm gonna say something about that when we get to the my romantic comedy uh, conversation because we finally wrapped up. You know, like I said, that that third yeah, season, yeah. And man, obviously, it's it's a it's a goaded slice of life, but um. It, it actually brought some revelations to my eyes because uh, it made me kind of miss shows like uh, what is it more than a married couple but not lovers you know what I mean like mm. it still got like that that childish aspect to it of not knowing but I almost kind of like man with all the and and I know we've said it before but with all the uh, the certainty certainty we had with things like uh, a galaxy next door yes. that. I kind of, I kind of miss a little bit of the uncertainty that we get in from like my romantic comedy and some of the others. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe we'll go with something like that with less bullying. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's because of my team romantic comedy snafu that I've been diving into these old slice of life as well. That I've just been, this is making me want to do like maybe next if you okay with it, man. Let me see. Maybe we watch one together. After my team romantic comedy snafu, and I'm gonna leave this. I'm just throwing this out there now. Yeah. Maybe maybe we pull up something like a golden time, you know, and do a and do a old school Mike check waifu review on it. Yeah, eventually it doesn't have to be right away, obviously, but I mean it could be time to, to throw in a, a mix in a review that, that not everyone's waiting for. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's golden. Golden Thomas came out in 2013. It's um, 24 episodes. Uh, it's so it's, it's it's a beefy kind of show, but I mean I mean we can worry about that later down the road. But just throwing on like a just a random slice of life to do a review, a mic check waifu waifu review on, um, or you know we could just review something else because <laughs> we got time. But for look, sure, looking at it, um, I will say that I think what would you say like two weeks from now maybe we do the uh, fall preview. Yeah, we can do that in two weeks because then I think a lot of the the new stuff will have the date set for it as well. Yeah, I, there is some stuff that I think what fully coolly grunge is starting like tomorrow, but then everything else is like 27, 25 days away. So yeah, uh, so that'd it's be the, best to wait. So that'd be the September nineteenth episode where we do the fall preview. Now remember, we also are doing a live episode. On the 26th or 24th, sorry, 24th on Sunday um, on our YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash at Mike Check Waifu Waifu. We're going to do a live. I don't know what that live episode is going to be, but um, I mean, we could do the preview for that. Oh, hit the preview live. Yeah, hit the preview live and give people sleepers and stuff then. Yeah. Ooh, that's it. That's the play. That's the play. You heard it here first. So the 24th on our um, end of the month wrap up episode, we are going to do the anime preview season episode, that live episode. So we're going to get y'all sleepers live. So come through the YouTube channel. That's 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 the move. That's the move for sure. I agree. That's the move. So we're going we still going to ask for people off of Twitter, too, just in case people can't make the live because I know we record like pretty late on a Sunday, which is uh, typically uh, not typical because <laughs> people have jobs. Um, but 
<laughs> but we that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna um, we're gonna do that then, which is gonna be perfect. But getting into um, you watch anything this week? Anything new? Uh oh. Okay. Um, One Piece. Oh shit. The entire internet <laughs> was probably like, "Yo, I gotta watch, listen to Mike Check Wife Wife Food to hear him talk about the One Piece live action show that I did not watch." I'm gonna just keep it real with you. Uh, I, I forgot it. It came out because of Starfield. So you watched it? <laughs> I, I I didn't complete it yet. I watched up until after you stopped, which I think is four episodes. Okay, so time out before you before you start. The general consensus is positive. Yes. Now what they got to do with me? I was just about to ask. Now is tell positive because you know we we don't really go against uh, with the people. Usually it's kind of against the grain, which is kind of to our detriment a lot of times. But I just got to. What's your general thoughts? Don't don't give me any details. General thoughts because I am going to yeah, pick it up. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But. Uh, I, <laughs> the characters fit. Uh, uh, some of the camera angles fit. <laughs> like it, I feel like, and, and I said this, I said this to to my wife that they did a really good job of capturing specific panels in like a a, a live action perspective. So some of it actually does look really good. Um. But don't go in expecting. Uh, don't go in expecting animated One Piece. Go in expecting live action, dramatized One Piece. If mm. that makes sense. Because okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm I'm not I'm not saying it's bad for what it does. Because I think that it actually is. It's better than I expected. If that makes anybody feel better, because I wasn't expecting a lot, but it is better than I expected. Mm. Um, but you got to look at it more theatrical standpoint rather than uh, this is anime, except for Luffy. You look at Luffy like it's anime, <laughs> but everybody else is just more theatrical. <laughs> so I'm going to say this. There is some things I, I just seen bits and pieces of it, right? Oh, and goodness. The- and the, the one part thing, everybody raving about. I, I don't I don't do that, dude. I haven't been on social media all fucking week. So I have no idea what anybody's talking about. I just heard on like YouTube, I scrolled through a YouTube video and clicked like the first three seconds of it. And they're like, you know, my general consensus is that it's good. It's a good live action. One person said it was terrible. It was Fox and anime. He said it was absolutely garbage. And mm-hmm. he showed a couple of scenes and what he showed made me like, uh, I feel you. He said, for one, it was two things that he said. One, everything is too clean. Like, the mm-hmm. world is too clean. The, the, if it's pirates, why is everything so fucking... Everything looks like a set because it's so clean. Yes. There's yes. no dirt going on, going around anywhere on anybody. So Anybody. That's one thing that I did when he showed that. I was like, yeah, this shit looks weird. Okay, as... Just like, that's actually the first thing my wife picked up on. She said, these supposed to be pirates, right? And I said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and two... It's when you do the different colored hair in order to not make it look so unnatural with like just like an unnatural cosplay fucking dye the eyebrows. Stop leaving the eyebrows brown or black or whatever their natural hair color is, because now they everybody look ridiculous. Everybody just look they have on cosplay. So 
with that being said, when I seen them scenes, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be hard for me to watch because that's all I'm gonna be looking at. This the simple fact is everything looked cheap and 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 incomplete. Like you put on a costume and called it a day. So that's one thing, two things that I saw that I and I will agree with that. But I feel like if if we're gonna talk about cheap, the set didn't actually seem necessarily cheap either. Um, the the cheapest thing might be the CGI. I believe that. But it, it actually doesn't look entirely cheap, if that makes sense. You know that, what I mean? Is that why the is fight that, scenes I saw were done at night? Because they tried to hide the CGI. <laughs> I, I, so hear me out. I pointed that out too. <laughs> they, they, they definitely used a decent amount of darkness to cover up certain things. Uh, because when they were in light, you could tell a lot of what happened in the light was uh, was was done intentionally in that way because they had to utilize light instead, right? So yeah, they. I, I I will definitely say that's most likely why. But the CGI don't look bad. It's just it's CGI. Yeah, I'm I'm watching it, it next week so we can do a full deep dive it, discussion. Yeah, I was thinking um, maybe we do a, a Patreon one, but we can no, do, hell no. Drop it on the drop it on the podcast. Yeah, we're gonna do it on the next week. Is gonna be a the, the topic of the show is gonna be One Piece for sure. One Piece live action. Um, we got it. We got it. I should have done it this week. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking. But we got. My team romantic comedy snafu, and we we wasn't pushing that for for this especially. So I know everybody else is talking about the One Piece. Um, we're going to be a week later, and we're going to talk about it next week for sure, though. So please be excited for that with us. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch it. It's what is it? Eight episodes? Yeah, it's eight. And, and hear me out. Are they hour it, long? It, it, yeah, about uh, the first one is an hour and four minutes long. I think everyone after that was. Less, but what I wanted to say though is that it didn't feel like I was watching an hour long episode majority of the time. If that make makes it feel better, because it actually felt like it was paced well, and it, it was extremely fast for the amount of One Piece that they're covering. So okay, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out next week. So we'll talk touch on that more. Now, without further ado, this is the part like if you join us on our My Team Romantic Comedy Snafu rewatch uh, binge this week. This is climax. So either you know you, you stick around for climax, or you just fast forward towards the uh, the spoiler talk. Um, but I will say this is the climax part where we're going to talk all my team romantic comedy snafu climax specifically. Tell I got notes. Mm-hmm. I got big notes, brother. Um, Let's get them. At first, I'm like, you know, what? I'm only going to talk. I'm only going to touch on like the important stuff um, per episode. So. Base it off the per ep- do it off a of per episode basis and, and take a little bit of notes. But there are some stuff that didn't happen, and there's some stuff that did. I'm gonna put it up to the camera so you can see that um, this is the this is the top, and then I'm gonna just. Mm. Okay, <laughs> okay, Polo. I fucking all right. I'm, I'm gonna start. I fucking love this show. I'm gonna just start with general generalities. I love this show. Yeah. It's just you, hashtag Montel is right from season one. To season three, this is a perfect 10 out of 10 show for me. Uh, again, this includes season one. I know Tell feels different about season one. But in this totality, this is an absolutely perfect show. Front to back, beginning, middle, end. Perfect slice of life. Now, what's great about the slice of life is the way it starts to where it end, end, end up. Mm-hmm. And where it end up is it gives you proper closure. Uh, without doing like shut off uh, shit. So like when when a couple get together, they actually get together and it just shuts off. 
get a little bit of more of them a part of like a, a little bit progress within what happened when they became an item. Um, and then a continued resolution, essentially. And, and a continued resolution. Exactly. So that by far is what makes this show so perfect, which is what a lot of anime movies don't do or a slice of life don't do in general. It just don't give you the proper closure. So I think that is what makes this show so perfect. Um, characters. Every single one of the characters I love. Um, there's there's not a not a character I hate it even to be honest. Yeah, I, I can't think of one. Mm-hmm. Everybody had their place. Everybody played their roles. It, it, it's generally just the, the greatest show of one of the greatest shows of all time. And that's my general thoughts. Tell what are your general thoughts? Sorry for talking so much. Uh. Like I said, this this really brought back the idea of uh, I would like some uncertainty and a little bit of my slice of life now, um, because this level of way the way they tackle things is phenomenal, uh, especially after the developmental processes we have since season one, um, and watching how the characters do things, even watching how uh, uh, what's her name, y- Yuigi, Yuigi Hara, whatever her name is. How yeah, how she was recognized as like probably emotionally the most mature out of the three um by the older sister. Um some of these things and like how they address and, and approach the different personality types, I love it. Um and like the like I said, to touch on what Polo said, the fact that we get that continued resolution with the 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 idea that um Yes, they got a resolution to what the overall or overarching story and relationship is, but the fact that they clearly have some kind of agreed or uh, insinuated uh, love for each other as a friend group, so mm-hmm. that that is a thing, right? And I, I love the the progress of that. And hear me out. As I said, uh, season one is uh, I think it's great for when it gets really good. And it, it it definitely benefits season two and season three, a hundred percent making this is like I said, one of the best slice of life. Uh my personal favorite slice of life. Um, other than nah, nah, probably my personal favorite slice of life. The the only thing is is that <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. We we don't have to count this as a negative, but it's kinda negative. The fact that we got a resolution made me hate this season because mm. I was like, uh, I want, I don't, I want more now because hear me, I remember initially watching it and feeling satisfied watching it and saying, okay, cool, I don't need any more. But after this rewatch, I'm like, man, I wouldn't mind <laughs> getting one more season if it if they introduce like you know um, a, a true. I don't even know what they can introduce. That's the thing. It's like, man, I like these characters so much. Um, especially like I said, this main friend group when it expands to like, what is it? The 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 eight eight of them or however many are all together. That whole main friend group, that whole friend group, I really want to see almost more. I wouldn't even mind taking a tangent in in developing relationships outside of our main three. To, it it's such a good show that it just makes me want more. I I, I hate to say it because yeah. I know I didn't want more before, but now I want <laughs> I want more. It's just it's just like. And this is why Clonatus is what it is for me and why I still reign supreme over this spectacular show. And I mean that with the utmost respect. Like, obviously, 
Clannad and, and, and Martine is, is up there for me, both in terms of story quality, world, and characters. They're both equally up there for me, but Clannad reigns supreme to me because it's what they did within the, within the show. It wasn't just it wasn't just um, around it, but they gave us that. They gave us that continuation or the what could have been's and the what could have been's were so important to what happened within that friend group in Clannad that it made that show just that much more special to me because I got the opportunity to see my main character with the girl I liked more or, you know what I'm saying, or a girl I didn't think he would work with and how that played out. Like it was, you know, those dream sequences and when he was actually with the other girls. It was, it was, that's what made that so spectacular. But like you're saying, I having something like that in my team romantic comedy snafu where it's just like seeing what they got going on on the sides would have been spectacular as well. It would have probably take a, took this to 11 out of 10 or whatever. Yeah. If it could have just been like a like a couple of OVAs. Yep, yep. You know what I mean. Yep. And, and and hear me out. And it's I'm not into this kind of this kind of. Uh, <laughs> I'm not necessarily into this, but even the 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 head of the tennis team, I I would like to see his stuff develop even and just like why why all right Hachimura, I see that you've grown past feeling uneasy around bro. So what's the what's the resolution? Do we get him into something or or what's the growth? I want I, I want to see what their life even progresses to like if they skipped you know ten years and let us see what happens in ten years. I think we said that last time we we watched this, but I I couldn't. I agree know, with right? You more. I couldn't I, agree just, with you more. I want I want so I want it so much. It's just it's too good to 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 not ask for an encore. Almost is what right, I right exactly. I how I feel. So starting off with with the start of climax, man. I absolutely love I absolutely love how uh, the realization of all the characters and how they understand that there's a there's dim hopes for what they have going on because at the end of season two we, we talked about it last week they they realized the situation that they were uh, in all the characters have now that's um, Yui understanding that she, she Yui always liked Hachiman and and uh, Yukino knew that. So they're like, okay, uh, this is weird now because we both love this same guy and we both love our friendship. How would this work now? Because where do we go? And this is not nobody being clueless about the situation. Everybody understanding exactly how each other feels in this particular situation. So they're like, yo, let's break this shit apart. And let's see where it goes from there. And that's the re- that realization. It was crazy. Now, um, the, uh, the most one of the most important quotes in episode one was, uh, "If it isn't said out loud, then no one would get it." And the choices without hurting someone, other than, uh, and there's like choices that he can make that would hurt everybody else other than himself, or um, the opposite, or him hurting everybody around him and without hurting himself it's it, it was a deep episode and also I, what I put in this in these notes is that I put um, Komochi is the best in episode one his little sister mm-hmm. his little sister is incredible I fucking love how adorable she is she came through she was also like one of the most important characters in the entire show that just made it so homey she she brought uh so she also, and this is this is one of those cool character interactions. She brought depth to Hachimon, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and obviously Hachimoto and vice versa, but like she brought depth to him because of that, not necessarily little sister complex, but we got to see a different kind of love from him. And that's what this whole show is about, right? Mm-hmm. This whole show is about that emotional expression of love and how you differentiate different loves, right? Obviously you got the sister, possible girlfriend and a friend. And, uh, and then you have just the overall friend group. This whole show is about how you foster those relationships. And this subtly one. enough, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the whole show though, you know what I mean? Because they've been growing relationships since season one. Um, and 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 developing uh even Hachimoto amongst those friendships is kinda how I'm seeing it. I see. But but when yeah, when you get to this season, even more so, uh because I feel like last season there was still somewhat of a decent amount of workload on Hachimon's back. But this time it was more, uh, uh, let's say, localized on the actual perspective on what they were doing. Right. They really only had one goal, uh, one main goal. Of this whole thing was to settle that, uh, you know, our, uh, our, our job or the request and the prom. And I feel like we were able to see yeah, that was on Hachimon's back, but it was also dispersed more because of his relationships that were fostered throughout the previous seasons. Because of uh, what he's done in previous seasons to where right, right. everybody became and fucking brilliant word was codependent exactly. on Hachimon to solve the or, or to fix it his way and everything to be okay. But him being like the bottom of the stair, basically, you know, and being stepped on and stepped over. I'm telling you, and and the fact that that he's so okay with that, um, to constantly sacrifice himself is wild. It's what hurt uh, them, his his friends, his his close circle. But the the most important part, and are you going episode by episode? So I I do got one place I want to go. And I'm gonna just ask, I'm gonna ask this after I I say mine, but I think number four, because episode two, not much. Episode three, not much, okay? But episode four, I would consider to be the turning point. Okay, and we talked about this last week. We talked about this two weeks ago. Turning points in, in within anime are big episodes that make drastic change within the entire field of where the world is progressing to. Right? Yeah. So this is when Hikigaya and, and or Hachiman and Yui went shopping together. Um, I think what was big about this is um was Hiki discussing it with Hiki and, and Yui going shopping together, right? They go shopping together. They, they, he developed these, um, these feelings he didn't know he had for Yui, uh, but him already knowing his situation and going through what he's going through, don't know how to wrap his head around it. The also, the other part of this episode, it has so much this episode, episode four was crazy. The sister, the sister popped up and that's when the codependency word popped up and it's entire and the entire fucking feel of the show changed because Hachiman completely understood where she was coming from. And I think that's what made the show change into what it ended up being in its totality at the end. Right. Like, cause you got Hikigaya in this episode calling it a love triangle when he was talking to her and she was like, he's like, what do you call what you guys have? He's like, what a love triangle. Like that's the first per first time it's been said out loud. And he's like, <laughs> and she's like, it's funny that you would say that, but it's not that it's codependency. And that is what became kind of the moral of this and the rest of the season. Right. And what I would consider the, the turning point because 
watching when when they called for uh, and this was also when the end at the end of the episode when they called for uh, Hikigaya to come back to help out um, Yukino and he stopped what he was doing when he was walking home with Yui and ran to Yukino's aid basically when Yui started crying it fucking broke me I mm-hmm. I cried okay I, it wasn't a thug tear it was like tears two tears this time rolling down my face I'm like fuck this is hard this is hard to watch because she knew that she didn't, he wanted him to go. It was just like, it was so much depth within this episode that it was like overwhelming to be honest. Um, and my notes look completely fucking jumbled because of that. Because I'm trying, I'm like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh, and it's just, everything just happened in one after another. And it was heavy. It was heavy on my heart. Yeah. Like, episode four is definitely the turning point for me. And, and I wish that I had written down exactly which episode it was, but hear, hear me out for this. Right. Um, one of the, the major turning points or I would consider a turning point would be the the conversation when they sat down with the mom and Hachiman had to be there, obviously. But was it the first time or the It was the first time in this season when they sat down to the, debate the prom. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I thought that was like episode six or something, like right around there. Yes. Could be it could be a little bit sooner. But uh regardless, the point the point I want to bring up is that um it turned less into Yukinan trying to figure out her her place um or not adjacently but her place with her mom and within her family to Hashiman is now a part of this battle right now this is uh it turned into like almost and we know what it is it turned into like essentially a three-way battle Mm. where we have two people trying to fight one overwhelming enemy right uh Yukinan's mom being the presence that is she was awesome, by the way. They're not going to be able to dominate and, and just exactly figure out what she needs. So they need to get multiple angles. I love how, how it was approached um, because even though uh, Hachiman had his, his plan and his idea, he, as I said, he, con- he continued to rely upon codependency to get his plan to work, um, which is amazing because it, it just goes to show that... Uh, it goes to show that our character, uh, even within that he needs to do things by himself, that he became codependent in the way that he did those things. Mm. Uh, like, he, like I said, or like we've said before, he tried to gather as many people as he could who wasn't already helping Yukinan and, and whatnot to, to get his plan to work alongside hers to force the situation yeah. as and, and you know they they came out on top regardless but i love that it turned into a battle against the mom in which he ended up gaining that respect from her uh mm-hmm. and and it's it's funny enough because his way is almost uh more acceptable for the mom than it is than like what yukino or yukina does his way is most likely exactly what the mom uh realistically probably does because it's a more adult way to sacrifice yourself instead of sacrifice the whole uh which idealistically yukinan is trying to do the opposite but it's a beautiful uh correlation because that's exactly what yukinan doesn't necessarily want yeah because even still even still after it was all said and done she realized like it wasn't it couldn't happen without him mm-hmm. so she still felt like it was dependent on him which made her think like this, I'm miserable. I can't, I can't do anything without him. And then that sparked a whole nother chain of events, i.e. him basically confessing 
to be honest, which was by far the fucking rizziest, as the kids say, smoothest love confession ever made on in anime history, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been anything done better. But he's like, listen, I, I'm, I would take, I'm, I'm going to take you and, and, and how difficult you are, no matter what. Like that shit, that confession was, it sent chills down my spine. It was so fucking good. I fell in love with Hachi, my goddamn it. <laughs> Subaru did it better, but we'll nah, take Nah, that's cap. That's, I'm, you, I'm a cap, man. That's big cap. You mean Rim did it better? That's true. It's true. Rim did it better. Rim definitely Rim. did it better. Rem Rem did it better. That's what I meant. I ain't that <laughs> But no, it's that it was it was pretty good though. It was top top two. <laughs> top two for sure. Yeah. I, I will um, say the the my favorite characters end up obviously being a teacher. I said that every fucking week. The fact that in episode twelve she she called back to episode one of the entire series fucking again sent chills down my spine because what she did was she pointed out to not only the viewer but to Hachiman I'm sorry I said that backwards not only to Hachiman but to the viewer the growth within Hachiman throughout this entire run of, run of events right so he's not from moment one he would write, write that paper where the youth is a lie right or or all this shit that he would say that there's like that it's like counterintuitive to who he is now at that particular moment when he was talking to Terry at the end it was above all the best I think the best way to put a capstone on this entire thing it was him and, and his stubborn ways about youth and not wanting to be a part of the typical youth of, of a child because it doesn't matter it's, it's right. unimportant or uh, working with others or getting friends or being a part of a group it's all it's all negative. All of that she basically threw in his face again, like, huh, you still feel that way, huh? And then him saying hearing that back now is embarrassing. Is it is just that's what make for me, that's what made season one just as good as season two, just as good as season three, because it had those very important moments into character development that made Hachimata who he is right now. And and let's even let's even touch on that a little bit more, right? Because you brought up the teacher. I think that all the adults in this show are some of the most imp- important characters in the God, entirety yes. of the show. And and hear me out, because they all present to to our cast of characters a level of realism. Because mm-hmm. they all have very different perspectives that are realistically you literally utilized within the real world. Like I said, the the teacher she's doing exactly what teachers should do but she's doing it in a, a hands-off hands-on approach real quick real quick sorry i don't want to say i want to forget this she was the uh, she was the water to uh Harano's fire right like they were both mm-hmm. accomplishing the same thing with these three group of kids Harano doing it the fire away which is aggressive mean and to the point poignant and and the teacher was doing it the the waterway the getting them together in the first place and and assisting them with whatever they need to do with this club and making sure that they understand that your goal is to help as many people as you possible together or whoever helps the most people wins this challenge and you know it's just it was just so it's, it's just a, such a perfect fucking dichotomy of of teeter totter back and forth between the teacher and Harano those, those two were absolutely special and, sorry go ahead and, and and like i said you're exactly right and and i think they all presented like i said a different level of realism the teacher 
was was letting him figure it out, figure it out, hands on, hands off. Yes. Um, she was doing exactly what a mentor, a teacher should do uh. um, in terms of letting him develop, but also not letting him develop in the wrong way by not having any input, challenging his pers- his perspective while allowing his perspective to be right for him. Dope, oh. super fire character. Uh, um, see, I got chills. I got chills. Haruno uh, presenting the realism in the sense of. It's the real a, world, practically. It, yeah, it's, it's practically, but letting him exactly, she's telling him that there's opposition. Telling him that I like you for the way you handle things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone else will. That that you are still going to have to push past and you're going to have to see something more. That what you see now is is just the, the surface level that you need to see deeper. And telling him that he's wrong without telling him that he's wrong. You know what I mean? She's just straight up like, that's not going to work. And no one's going to see it that way. Or at least the people you need to impress are not going to see it that way. Mm. And he, and he starts to develop that perspective. And then we get to like the mom who her, her, her level of realism is literally just the direct opposition. She is the opposition. She is the mountain to overcome. And she's not directly attacking him. And she wasn't sent to directly attack him. But that did not make her a mountain that he had to surmount. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was amazing um, to to the fact that they they introduced him to the life of an adult and proper problem solving uh, while letting him develop and grow. This is this is partially why it's so amazing because you can literally look at those three people as lessons in themselves. Big ones too. The mother, the, the and then the, the Hachiman's realization that he's not. At the end, when he was doing that final prom, right, to basically help him get closer to Yukino or to help Yukino become more independent by going against his mom, that his inner monologue when he was talking about the mom isn't the villain here. That's not who I'm going against. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going against Yukino. I'm trying to get her to want to do this herself so that we can do this together no matter how challenging it is, so she could prove that to herself and to her mom that she could do it, even if it seems impossible. And that was just, that That was when I knew that he knew that he had to just be with her. No matter no matter the outcome, he wanted to be with her because he wanted to, he was willing to do whatever he could to help her move past her obstacle or to save her as she'd been, as she so desperately asked in previous seasons. Oh, yeah. it was beautiful. Now, don't don't come to my neck when I say this, right? Because I'm, I'm going to say this. And I just need you to, to hear me out when I'm I ready, say this. I'm ready to say you're wrong. Okay. I don't even know what it is, but I'm I'm, I'm ready for you to say I'm right. All right. You ready for this? Yes, sir. Hachiman Hikigaya and Wataru Sajo from The Dreaming Boys Are Realist are basically the same character. <laughs> and I say that specifically because of the episode that released this week. He turned into a Hachiman as esque character, but I, and I say that they're the same character only in the sense of in the current positions that they are in, they separate themselves from the situation and try and solve the problem. Uh, but the way that they actually view and and help others is actually extremely similar. I'm not saying they're the exact same character, but they give me very essentially similar vibes and how they carry out actions. And I think that might be part of the reason why we like the Dreaming Boys are Realist so much in terms of how that character acts. But uh, 
this character archetype, as we said before, <laughs> is literally the best uh, because it's it's, <laughs> it's realistic, right? It's more it's more grounded in the reality that we recognize because it's a lot of people have these internal dialogues. Like a lot of people get into these situations that you don't necessarily know how to handle the situation or you think you know how to handle the situation and you handle it a certain way, which isn't the right way, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we've all been there before. So it's like, we feel these ones. Now I will say you're wrong. They're not even close. And, uh, and I'm gonna say not even close only because of the simple fact is that just Hachiman is so um, observant while uh, our other guy, which I forget his name, um, isn't. <laughs> he's just he's he's just naturally um, helpful, if you will, but he's not as observant when it comes to the surroundings or situations or, or just feelings in general. He's just more like, I'm just an NPC character, but I'm going to help out the best I can without, you know, overstepping, if you will. Well, and and I also want to throw in the fact that I don't mean like they're exactly the same, but I do I, yeah. I do think that if you if you put them in similar positions, right? Yes. Hachimon Hachimon is very much so willing to say we don't have to be together, as he said. Mm-hmm. I just want to help you, you know, get where you need to go. I want to be there to be your backup when you need backup. Whereas Watro Sajo is very much willing to do the same exact thing, and I mean that. They are selfless in the sense of who they care for. They will do whatever for, um, essentially regardless or irregardless of whatever the situation may be. So that's that's what I mean is that these characters are very much so driven by that uh, yeah. that sense of like loyalty and uh, obligation almost. Absolutely, absolutely. Very great characters, but Hachiman just has it. Okay, he, Close, yeah, ten out of ten character. Cl- closing thoughts on climax, climax specifically, I, and I guess that would include the series as a whole. I think he made the right choice. I love the fact that we started off not being on the side of Yukino to falling. I, I, me personally, I fell in love with Yukino just as much as I loved Yui. I loved Yui the entire time. Yukino, I, I grew to love which I then feel more in the place of um, Hachiman, I feel compelled to agree with his decision because just like him, it was the first person he was involved with, you know, in the entire show. It wasn't Yui. Yui was, Yui's been there. Like, they've been in the same class, but un, untouched, right? Like, they don't, they didn't even talk at all because she was too busy faking a funk with those cool kids and trying to pretend to be cool with them other than being with Hachiman. So for me, the growth with Yukino that started from zero to, to, to where we are now, it was the right choice. Right. Um, while I think back then I was a little bit different um, on that feeling, I think. I don't remember. You always been Yukino. From what I can remember. Okay. Okay. So I, I, sentiment still stands. She she's the best for him in this particular situation. Even though I think he should have been with the teacher, I would have been with the teacher. <laughs> ten years, bro. Grown, bro. So you know that's just me. Um, but when she said, "I," when the teacher said, "I love you," it, it, it melted my heart. Um, sorry. So. She had to confess, huh? She's too old for this. Yeah. Um, if that had been a man, it'd been mad creepy. Uh, <laughs> it probably would have. Wait, you on to something? He's a seer. Uh, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. They still had a year left. 
So, well, yeah, they was going through it last year. Mm-hmm. Um, as a total, this show is amazing. Um, it's, it's, I think the show as a whole is damn near a 10 out of 10. If it's not, it's like a 9.9 point. It's like a 9.99 out of 10 because it's hard to not give it a 10. Uh, I love these characters. I don't think I like Yukino the best. Um, but I did go to like her more. But I also, I don't know if I like Yui more than Yukino either. It's so hard to pick still. Um, yeah. and, and I say that specifically for me because I agree, right? Where Yui was too busy to act like she really cared versus Yukino she she got kind of we kind of got this unraveling effect from her to where it, it felt like an actual development and where she, of her where she went it was season two when she realized what he what he did to himself hurt her so much that mm-hmm. was for me i'm like oh she i'm i get it like i, I her growth is insane and, and then she, her actual it, confession was much better than you than you East. yes Yes. It was so much better because she literally just should have said, I really love you. And I was like, oh, okay. Yep. I'm sorry, you you lost because she said it outright, just like straight up. Yeah. Ain't no in between, ain't no uh, guessing. It was straight up like, I love you. It wasn't no, I'm in my head dreaming about it. It wasn't, here's no cookies. It was, yeah. I love you. And I was like, yep. That, sometimes that's what you need to hear is exactly that. And I said this, um, on, and I said this on Twitter, but that voice acting, that, that cast was incredible, man. I can't, I, I can't, I can't put into words how, how they made me feel this entire show. The whole, the way that Yukina's voice, um, when she opened up more, when she became more open within herself, just mm-hmm. gave me this sense of security with her, right? Yui was always the same, um, and but when Yui was emotional, it hurt my fucking heart. Like every single time I wanted to cry when she was crying, like it, she was so good at just emotionally. Like and her mom, Yui's mom was incredible too. I love her. I, I meant to bring her up too because she also presented a different uh, lesson. She definitely did. She was so sweet. She was just spectacular in the way she held Yui. And that, it, it killed me too. But I just the, the voice cast was uh, incredible, man. Incredible. Did you know Adam Gibbs played Sid in, in Shadow? Uh, in, in Eminence and Shadow. Hmm. I did not know that. So now I want to go back and rewatch that dub because that yeah, probably sounds fire. I remember when we was looking at him, I, it was probably not last week, but the week before something like that, I clicked on him, his name and it showed up. So yeah. How dope would it be if we got him on a show, bro? Tell him to say, what's up? Hey, yo, come start through. God, that'd be so sick. Uh, okay. All right. Let's do a recommendation. Roulette. I'll run the random number generator. Let's no, do it. And we are going to recommend an anime based off of the year we get from this random number generator. Let's do it. 2000. Wait, what year do we start off with? I'm gonna, I got to redo that. Do we go from 2008? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can do 2008. Okay, 2013. We, I feel like we get 2013 every year, bro. <laughs> every week. Uh. Oh, no, it's big cap. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. Hopefully. Yeah, because gold, yeah. golden time is on here again. I, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta roll again. Seventeen. That's one we haven't gotten. There we go. We definitely got thirteen last week. That's the crazy. Part. I'm telling you, <laughs> every single week. <laughs> All right. Um, Black Clover, best anime to ever exist. Stop talking to me. Um, 
I recommended that so much I can't do it again. Um. Uh, is a Monogatari series that I didn't watch? I was gonna oh. say, can I, can I recommend a movie? <laughs> and it was gonna be the Monogatari Monogatari movie. I can't wait to get to this movie. It's so good. It's so fucking good. <laughs> okay, I got mine. Yeah, that's what Kiss shot. Oh, she went crazy. That's such a good movie. All right, what you got, bro? Um. It's a lot of good shit that came out in 2017, actually, when you, when you really look at it. But I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Recovery of an MMO Junkie. Mm-hmm. It's actually a, um, a pretty funny show. Very, uh, yeah, very, very funny show. I'm going to just go with that. So, I want to go with I want to go with the Monty Gallery movie that I uh, that I just saw because I don't feel like I see enough Monty Gallery talk in general. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with the Monty Gallery Kizu Monty Gallery Part Three Reikitsu. Watch Monty Gallery is in general because as Polo said, it's great. Absolutely um, great. I, I gotta remember it, what order I was in, man. Fuck. Yeah. Did you you marked it on um any list, didn't you? Yeah, but you know, I don't. Yeah, it, it's jumbo, and you trying to watch it in what the chronological order? No, I'm watching it in the order that in which it released. Okay. Yeah. Well, this movie is phenomenal. Uh, this movie is actually what made me get into it because when I looked it up, just like Polo, and it said it doesn't matter where you start. <laughs> <laughs> because this movie is like kind of out of order and I was like alright cool and this is actually where I started the Monogatari series and this what made me go back and watch more of it uh, I'm gonna tell y'all now the best order to watch it and this is coming from personal experience already is the order it released so whichever mm-hmm. year was first just follow the order in which it released um, because it, what happens this is the way everything ties together as you watch it feels much more um you linear much, yeah le- accomplished right like yeah. oh that's from that and that's from that it's it's a it's an experience i cannot recommend enough it's so good so i, I agree because that's essentially what i did once i watched this i went back in order in, in the order in which you release not in any other order i would say mm-hmm. so um yeah all right we're gonna take this quick break and when we come back we are going to spoil jobless reincarnation and rent a girlfriend that is going to be, if I can remember, uh, episode 10 of Jobless Reincarnation um, and episode 8 of Renna Girlfriend. Excuse me. We'll be right back after this. Sweet. 
And welcome back to episode 218 of Mike Check Wife Life. We were about to spoil episode 10 of Jobless Reincarnation. Starting uh this uh, episode was titled The White Mask. Um this episode was crazy, Tell. Yeah. Seriously crazy because for those of you that don't remember, this episode we met up with the girl who was walking with the dragon god. Um and we found out exactly what he suspected all along was that she was from Japan because she was Japanese when she took off her mask when they first met uh, in season one. But she was the she was the the top student in this high school basically this entire time. And when he met her, it was the he, he freaked the fuck out, PTSD style for obvious reasons. Very reasonable. <laughs> it's very reasonable. First very, off, very reasonable. Um, and I think it's also interesting to find out uh, that essentially both came to this world differently. But at the same time, which is what he didn't let her know, because he said during this episode was a girl with her face was about to get hit by a truck before he intervened or whatever. Yeah. But how how'd they come at the same time if she's only been here for five years and he's been here for his whole life? Uh, he's lived a whole new life here because she was about to be hit by a truck. And I, I know I, I know I know I get the, the, the proposition of that. I'm just saying like, man, uh, I guess like the. the so 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 what you're saying is that because you, you made a valid point, but. Because she was about to be, she got summoned, and at the same time that she got summoned, he got reincarnated because he died from right. that so same he, truck. Yeah, so uh, the I get that you know time difference. Obviously, they they can make it make however much difference they want. I I just thought it was cool in general that they both came differently because yeah, they also have different utilizations for That's the world, fact. right? Yeah. Um, because we we found out from her she has no magic or mana. Yeah. Um, whereas, Rudy has all of it. <laughs> An abundance of it. <laughs> right. Uh, but does that also mean, because like, does that, what kind of threat does that make her? Is she actually a threat? What was right. she, you know, what, what was the, the full purpose for her summoning, which, I mean, obviously there's going to be more information on that to come, but I mean, it, she, she overall just presents even more questions. Uh, how much does Orstad really know? Right. Yeah. I, How much does Gotti body, body Gotti know? We got nothing on him this week. And it was, cr- it's crazy. Even I, I didn't even, I forgot that we didn't get anything from body Gotti this week because of this episode basically for the most part took place in that one area. Right. I'm mm-hmm. um, obviously you got everything that happened at the beginning where the princess was like, yo, why haven't you told him Rudeus? Which is a question that I've been asking myself for what feels like decades. <laughs> like, right. why the hell haven't you just said anything? And it's because she's scared that you won't remember who she is, which is not the fucking case, clearly. But I mean, she won't know until she asks. But yeah, even that, um, even getting to see uh, Sophie act the way she did, finding out that the 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 teleportation may have been the fault of uh, the girl. And seeing how she instantly just went haywire. She was furious, right? Which, within reasonable explanation, we understand why. Um, and then, and <laughs> hear me like, out, why they, are you so calm? Yeah, they talk about, <laughs> hear me out, they talk about 
she said, I know you suffer. You know what I mean? How do you know I suffer? Because I told you I suffer, but you said you know I suffer. So that means that you, you feel like or you're implying that you know something more. And to me, I think that Rudius needs to be, at this point, Rudius is smart enough to have caught on to something like that. We got to put into perspective the teleportation event for, for those of you who may have forgot. Okay. The teleportation event teleported an entire continent of people, a city of people to random places around the world. That is so baffling to me. Like, I can't even imagine just basically fucking Chicago being teleported around the just everybody in Chicago being teleported around the world. Right. Not, not in one particular area. Everybody separated from their families, like in just different places. Me and you are in Texas right now. If the entire state of Texas get teleported just around the world, you could be in Japan and I will be in Europe or Iceland or Antarctica or some shit. We live in Texas. Like Sylphie and Rudius teleported at the same time in the same area. Mm-hmm. And Rudius got sent to the demon continent and she got sent to uh what Arius, I think it's called, or, or, or Arius Empire or something like that, across the other half of the world. So it, and she said that I'm the cause of it. Her fl- Sylphie flipping out completely reasonable for that particular reason. Like she's like, yo, my mom and dad or everybody that I ever loved are just gone. Right. Because of this shit. You mean to tell me it was you? Mm. I, I deserve to throw hands but it's also reasonable to understand that just because it was her fault doesn't mean that she wasn't a victim of the circumstance right. and that's what what always what brings to light yeah. because even and hear me out even though she said that she may have been the cause we still don't know in totality in definity that it is definitely her that was the cause we know that we don't know what the teleportation circles could have actually caused. And we don't know if Rudius's spell wasn't the catalyst. You know what I mean? I was just about to say, I was just about to say, can I punch you in the gut real quick? Go ahead. I think that the teleportation uh, circle was to summon somebody from a different world. Rudius injected mana into this teleportation, mm-hmm. which destabilized the teleportation portal and caused or the activated. Telepor- no, because it was already activated. It, it was already activated. So it was already cast from it was because it was at the top of the sky, right? It was in that that floating island. Mm-hmm. So it was already cast, and then Rudus, Rudius magic destabilized it, which in in turn caused them to combine it and and rewrite this spell in its entirety and turn it into something more because of his massive mana pool. Mm-hmm. I think personally. Well, that that makes sense. I was I was thinking that you were going to say. Uh that his spell, like I said, being the catalyst, uh, think of it, I guess, this this way, is that because he's from Japan and he cast the spell, that maybe they just drew somebody from his specific world. We don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, th- I'm, I'm only thinking about it in the aspect of what they mentioned this episode, because she mentioned, yeah. like, she needs a massive amount of mana. And he has a massive amount of mana. So I'm thinking that uh, massive amount of mana that he injected within that spell he was casting is what caused that- it to... They was it weather spells or king level spells or yep. something like that. Yep. So we know God that level, he, actually. Yeah. Either way, he cast it and yep. things started changing. Yep. So I, I agree with that. I I think that um, 
yeah but i definitely think that his magic in some way was a catalyst 100%. and um sylphie will not be so as upset if she found out it was rudius's fault and that's oh bro you, you got my mind turned i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry go ahead Oh, but yes, Sophie will not be as upset if she finds out it's Rudius's fault because she'll be way more understanding of it. It was an accident. But like, like we keep talking about, why hasn't she said anything yet? Um, and and they keep giving us little things. He said this feels so familiar in this episode when he's getting his head rubbed. So it's almost like, <sighs> yeah, I, I keep, I, I'm going back to the teleportation thing again. Go ahead, go ahead. Real quick, real quick. She she was the reason, meaning they did it for her for whatever reason. Maybe it was to teleport her back to it, right? And then Rudy is casted the Oh my god. Then he casted the 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 god level spell of weather change, right? Mm -hmm. Which injected all the mana into the to the teleportation, which turned it into something else. So I'm they're both like when Rudy said, I'm glad it wasn't me that that was the cause. It was both of them together. Both of them together is what caused that event to happen. That's why the man got sent into that school so he can see her. That's that's why he. Oh my god! Everything is just it's so fucking crazy how deep this goes, and I think that's exactly what happened. I truly do, because while whoever was the you know the person casting that circle to bring that girl or to either bring that. Wait, 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 wait. Brain blast. Jimmy Neutron. She said she'd been there for five years. How long has it been since the teleportation? Five years. We can imagine Rudius is about 17 to 16 years old now. And it was about, he was about 11 when it happened? 11 or 12, like right about that puberty where he would be considered a man almost. That's it, bro. That's it. They, they're both the reason for it. It all makes sense now. I'm fucking, I'm blown back. They're, I literally didn't think about this, this that episode. Well, obviously I thought when he said, you know, I'm glad it wasn't me that was the reason for it or he's relieved and that's why he wasn't as upset um, because he, this entire time he thought it was because of his God level spell. But in reality, while it wasn't necessarily the reason, Mm-hmm. It's both her reason for being teleported, which whoever whoever did that is mainly at fault there, and his obscene amount of mana being um, injected into it. This fucking show is crazy. This is deeper than I thought, man. This is way deeper than I thought. All right, what you got? Like you was looking something up. Oh no, no, I was looking at what the what the level of that spell was because um. It, I saying cumulonimbus is king rank, king ranked magic, so I'm not sure. I, okay, I is imagine king, is king the highest. No, I, I, I know there's a god, a god ranked, um, but yeah, king is like where there are people in the continent or country or in the world that can cast king level, god level. I don't, I don't. I think they explain that basically no one can cast god level. Like the only people that can cast king level is like one or two people. So for him to be able to God level, I think it's the highest. And I do think it was a God level amount of mana injected. That's just my theory. Maybe it was a King level spell with God level mana injected. Because God ranked is continental level devastation on the elemental scale. Exactly what I'm thinking is what he was doing. 
when he was casting it. You know what I'm saying? I, maybe maybe I need to rewatch season one again. Yeah. So what he did was he was creating a storm, which is Saint level, and summoning lightning at the same time. So basically, that's he became the water king level, whatever. But emperor further, he's emperor emperor king level spell. That's what it is. So that's what it is. Which his what he did was way above that. So yes, the the more of the story. He he was casting magic he shouldn't have been casting because he's too strong. At the he time, at, at the same time, something like the teleportation was happening. Right, or can't cast water level happening. magic. Can't cast level water magic if you if you a god mode. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, I fucking crazy man. This is deep. But again, what I was about to, what I was saying at the start of the episode was that what this episode did that was so impressive was they inter- smoothly integrated the language switch because this entire time you're speaking a language. Uh, native to this world, right? Mm-hmm. Or one of the, the languages native to this world. So this entire time that they've been talking through the entire show has been this particular language. Then when we go after he has his PTSD meltdown moment to somebody who actually is from Japan, they start speaking Japanese to, she starts speaking Japanese to him, which then in turn takes the foreign language that they've been speaking this whole time and make that a foreign language. So we got, Saber, stop it. So So we got um, that foreign language that Sylphie knows, that uh, that Rudius knows, that this girl know, all being spoken in like at different times. So it's uh, it, it was like just it was just so well done that I'm like, yo, this is fuck. It's beautiful to hear somebody speaking a fake language, obviously, while Japanese is being spoken, and then it made you understand the situation that was going on. Like, yo, they're speaking to each other and Sylvie's being left out completely out of this conversation, not really understanding what the fuck is going on. It's because they, they never heard anything like this before in their lives. Not even like if you, if you from here, right, you know, we know English. If we hear somebody speaking Spanish, we know that's Spanish, right? So for Sylvie, if we, she's speaking their native language, if she hears somebody speaking a demon tongue from demon continent, she know that that's the demon language. You are speaking something completely foreign to that world entirely. Right. So that's like, like a language that's lost to us. Somebody's just speaking that, like fucking, um, just completely gone. It doesn't exist anymore. And like, how awkward is that feeling, right? Like, <laughs> but I just, that was so cool. I just love the way they did that. It was super impressive. And to even expand on that even more, they did that in season one um, when yeah. Rudy was learning the language. Yeah. They had it, and, and it's funny how they do it. They actually like made him sound like he was speaking like some kind of babble, like he didn't know what he was saying. And then he transitioned, and it was when he went from like uh, when he was trying to understand the original language while he was speaking Japanese, and he switched over to that mm. that, that that native language, and it it entirely sound like Japanese so they did like that transitionary thing where the sound just melded together and now it's Japanese yeah really cool and they do a great job in this anime in general especially when it comes to the details like you said they pay so much attention to detail that it makes it beautiful yeah because it was like it was like let's speak into you know the native tongue when he was talking to her in Japanese so that we so that uh, Sylvia understands and then when she swapped it just swapped over to the normal language or Japanese that we've we've been accustomed to this entire time. So right. good. Extremely important um detail in the show that I, no other show would ever do. You know what this makes me think about, and I should have mentioned this at the first half of the show is like how not great a lot of like 
um, uh, fantasy shows really are, right? So, for example, or other isekai in itself, other fantasy isekai, like your sleeper. Your sleeper is is so good in parts, man. Like in certain parts, is so good, and then it just falls apart out of nowhere. Like it, and it happens so it's it's so inconsistent that it stresses me out because I know the parts that are good. And I was talking about this with Rob J. He was like, it just hasn't been good for him, but I just know that's not true. Like it's parts of it that's fantastic, and when you take those parts and cart, uh, say it for me, compartmentalize those parts in the show. It's when you put them together, it's a nice show. Like the when it's structured, right, and, and, and everything. But when it goes off these to these tangent tangents or half half episodes where it's just bullshit, and then they put little very important fight pieces in. Like it stresses me out because I know the show is actually good if it just done right, you know. If it stuck stuck to the program, yeah, yeah. Thank you. What a brilliant way of saying it. If it just stuck to the program. Uh, but it's just jobless reincarnation just puts shows like that to shame. It even it even puts shows like Sword Art to shame. And and in retrospect, like when you think about it, like at a level of just pure um, structure, I don't think nothing beats it. I can't think of anything that can. To be honest, yeah, I got nothing. Isekai wise, obviously. Um, I can think of, of competing, but yeah, entirely in its yes. structure is hard. Yeah. Yes. The, the only thing competing is ReZero, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I would say. Only thing. And I think ReZero is just is just a better uh, situation because of its dr- dramatic flair, right? Like it, the drama within ReZero is so stressful. It evokes so many emotions that are just unfathomably like <laughs> it's just great like I, I don't I don't ever feel as much emotion as I do when I'm watching ReZero for anything else right like that's the most emotion I feel in anything so that's why it's obviously the number one for us but this is close this is very close yeah, this is crazy. isekai wise I have to make that clear I'm not talking about in general anime in its entirety just the isekai genre alright moving on Rent a girlfriend. Your episode of the week. Uh, clearly a very phenomenal episode, but <sighs> this episode is a lot. Mm. Uh, a lot to, as Polo would say, compartmentalize. <laughs> or um, can't say because I can't say that word for shit. <laughs> the the issue with this show, <laughs> in this episode specifically, is almost like this is. Getting us to that climax. I know we just talked about my my team romantic comedy, but this is getting us to that climax. And I say that for the sole purpose of we knew going into this season that the film is being produced um, for the purpose of uh, her mom or her grandma being able to see it before she passes. Because we know that she has no more family after this. Um, So. God, more chills. They they kick us in our fucking gut. <laughs> they they gut check us um, because this is not this is not on my uh, my bingo list for this yet. No, um, <laughs> when it happened, my mouth was to the floor, bro. 
<laughs> yeah, this is not on my bingo list, especially considering how good things seemed like they were, essentially. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like her grandma was, was okay. And to, to understand that she was probably actually struggling through this entirety of uh, seeing everything, knowing that she might not get to make it to that day to see it. So she's just in pure awe of the moment that she can have before she gets there. And even her own recollections of like saying her, her, her past fiance was right. Uh, it's just husband? husband. Yeah. He died. Or yeah. Husband, her past husband passed is right. Um, in terms of like motivating her is crazy. Um, Chizuru, um, deserves all the love in the world right now. Um, it, it was breaking my heart, bro. How, how do you feel about this episode? Yeah, same. It, it literally, it surprised me because again, like you said, I wasn't fucking expecting, there's no way in hell I thought that she was going to pass out from, you know, just being out in general. And what it, what it did to me was it, it made me feel like she was at peace and ready to go. Like, exactly. It was too soon. Like you're not, we're right there. We're right at the finish line. Just, you know, and, and for her to, for us to possibly lose her is sad, but what really got to me and what I, what I didn't like was, um, the timing of him saying, let's tell her the fucking truth. Like for one, Chizuru don't even, what I got from this and what I think the progress is what we were both kind of referring to. And now tell me if I'm wrong after I say this, but the progress was her basically saying like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to tell her for the fact that it's a lie and lie to her. I don't want to tell her because I don't want it to not be true. And that's what I think that right. I, I got from her when she was like saying no, or this is a terrible idea or she was so against it yeah. because of the fact that she, she's kind of okay with them being a thing right and, now. And to, to add to that before of the, before the collapsing, um, it almost felt as if we were getting to that point. You know what I mean? Yep. And I'm, I'm this, this moment is kind of bittersweet for the fact of it's going to force, right? Like I said, it's kind of like the ultimatum um, where now that they've it's been said, they have to come up with a decision. Either a, they tell her, Hey, we're not a couple or B they say, let's really be together. What do you really want? Um, and this is almost the most adult thing they've done this entire anime. It's he's the most adult done. thing they've done. Yeah, he's done. It's, this is the most adult situation um, experience-wise for me that I've seen in this specific show. And, and the thing is, is that what, what was really getting to me is the moment he got to spend with uh, the grandma before she had her collapse and how she just showed him that utter joy and appreciation for him. And she saw she saw her relationship in them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I almost feel like I need him to have some backbone too. Right. And I mean like backbone, you gotta tell the other girls, if you're going to be with, uh, Chizuru, Ichinos or whatever, to back off, back off, back off. This is what, what it is. Uh, Ruki or whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah. She, Hey, I'm sorry, shorty. Let's go ahead and cut this short. Rubicon um, is fucking annoying. She's only annoying because the fact that he is so indecisive is his fault. 100% you're right. She, you're right. She's saying what she wants. He's not. He is not. He, he is 
basking in this glory, but not basking in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so did he, did did she forget that this is a trial girlfriend type of situation? She she definitely forgot, but I think that it's not really about that because I think she understands, but I think she's trying to push those boundaries as much as she can. Mm. Um, Specifically for the purpose of, you know, that's what she's trying to secure the bag that she wants. But uh, for each, you know, it's breaking my heart because it's like, bro. It's just, need, it's just an I obstacle. Need, yeah, it's an obstacle. And it's almost like everybody else understands this because we ain't even seen mommy chan and I thought she would have been showing up and gave us a headache, but she ain't even showing up and I'm kind of cool with that. Me too, me too. And it's... Ugh. It's so much like well, how many? It's episode nine next week in four days. It's twelve this season, so I don't know where this is going. And what I mean by that is, I don't know what Mommy Chan was plotting because she was plotting something at the end of season two mm-hmm. that is just non-existent right now. So could this be the moment that she either show up and like? tries to expose him or it could be but if whatever she does it's going to be so tasteless yeah for her to interject herself that everyone's going to hate her everybody's going to look at her like what are you talking he's not even with her he's with Ruka you know like it's but she might may also be another catalyst to push things forward like I said if she comes through especially for this moment it could be like you know, you know, she's just a rental girlfriend, right? She's like, I am, but I fucking love him because mm. he's an amazing person, and I think that you're garbage. You should stop treating him this way, and he doesn't need to see you anymore. And then it's like, boom! And he's like, you know what? I didn't know you felt that way about me. That's my gut check, <laughs> basically. I would fucking love that, but I think, I think she's my gut check is that he's going to go in. They're going to attempt to confess. She's going to stop him. For uh, other reasons, pull him outside, have this conversation with him. Like, I don't want to do this. Reason why? Because I love you. Probably not going to happen, but that a man could dream, you know, a man could dream. Because I would love to have the rest of the season being how he how he handles the situation, right? Like accepting her love and and and, and trying to be something more while letting other girls down and and, and just kind of cleans it up then mommy chan comes in like hey are you still going to be with this girl and she's like trying to expose him in front of all his friends like she's she's actually not real she's just a rental and then they end up telling her off like hey stupid bitch it's actually my hey, girl you know exactly. you know like that's i would love that i would love that each knows coming to his defense right it'll be it'll be that's what i want that's just polo's dream too yeah i think it's our dream <laughs> true i'm at polo born flying on social media I'm at King Teliano on all social media. You can follow our social medias at Mike Check Waifu on X and at Mike Check Waifu Waifu on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. And as always, Mike, 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 Mike Check. check, 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 check. You're now tuned into Mike Check Waifu Waifu.
hell. Is that you? 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 Is that you?